0: some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Equip to Be. I am your host, Connie Albers. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. Listen, I I know I say this every time we have a guest in the studio, but I have to say it again. You are going to be so excited and thrilled by my guest today. I have Raymond Aroro. Now, he's a New York Times bestseller. He's got a brand new book out. And the reason I want to bring this book to you is you're going to love it. You're going to want to go get it. And you know I do not push people's books. Uh, That's just not what I do unless I absolutely love them. Raymond is also a Fox News contributor, so he knows his stuff in the news industry. He's been around for a long time. Like I said, he's a New York Times bestselling author. So please welcome my friend and guest, Raymond Aroro.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Connie. What a joy to be with you.
0: Well, listen, it's a delight to have you. Now, you know, there's so many things we could talk about. Yep. We talk about politics, now the world's crumbling, we talk about all that stuff, but what we're going to focus on is something so powerful. Everything that we do here at Equip to Be focuses on strengthening today's family, and I think this project is absolutely doing that. Before the show, we were just kind of chit-chatting, y'all, and one of the things that Raymond said that just I had to write down immediately is that children are curious, and his new book, and I'm going to get to it, focuses on that and highlights that, and we're going to Take some time. So make sure you grab a cup of coffee and you fold that laundry. Make sure you don't forget to pick up the kids and stay with us because we are going to dive into Raymond Aroro's new book. And you ready? The Unexpected Light of Thomas Alva Edison. Stay tuned. Do you ever find that it's difficult to know what material you can trust, what textbooks, what supplements, what resources? You know, there's so much out there. There's a lot that we are hearing parents question and bring it to the forefront. It's important what we put before our children and what we teach our children. And we want to know that the resources that we are using are the best out there and that they will align with our values and belief systems. So I'm excited to say that BJU Press has partnered with ETB. What I love about the folks at BJU Press is that they provide educational material that's written from a biblical worldview. It's something we can trust, it's solid. It gives our children the truth that they need to be able to discern right and wrong, good and evil. And that's very reassuring to us as parents. They also focus on academic rigor. We need our children to be able to compete in the arena of ideas. We need our children to be innovators, to be thought leaders, entrepreneurs. And we need good resources to do that, which is why I'm so excited that BJU Press has partnered with ETB to help you navigate the seasons of parenting and educating your children. So check it out. You can go to bjupress.com or reach out to their customer service. They're always available to help answer your questions, get on the phone with them or send them an email. Also, I'll have their link in the show notes. So go over to conniealbers.com and you can find all the information that will help you get connected to the folks over at BJU Press. All right. So, Raymond, listen, I saw this book when I first found out about having you as a guest on the show. I had seen you from being on the news and this lit up. Tell me what intrigued you about Thomas Alva Edison.
1: Well, as you know, first of all, I love what you're doing because you are focused on the most important aspect, I think, of American culture. The inflection point on which everything hinges. People want to talk about politics and the economy and debt. If the family is not sound, your populace falls apart and you don't have a country and you don't have a healthy, vibrant society. So I noticed during school visits, because I've written for children in the past, middle grade books and, and other picture books around Christmas time, what you begin to notice is that children really are very ignorant of figures and personalities in American history, great American lives that we took for granted. They know nothing of. I asked kids the other day, tell me who Abraham Lincoln is. They said, oh, he's the guy that made the logs. You know, they thought the the little logs, you know, the interconnected (laughs) logs. logs. Lincoln (laughs) Logs. No, not right. So I thought, I need to tell these great American stories. And I stumbled upon a biography of Edison. And in the back of it, there was a quote from Elder Edison. He's 80 years old. And he says, my mother was the making of me. She allowed me to follow my bent And at a particular time, at a crisis in my life, it was her devotion and faith in me that allowed me to become an inventor. And Connie, my head was kind of blown because I knew a lot about Edison. I'd read several biographies. I'd been to Dearborn to the lab in the West Orange Lab. I knew a lot about his creations, but nothing about his background. And my first question was, what was the crisis point in his life and who is this mama Mm. and I discovered who they were and decided I was going to capture this first I thought in a chapter book and then I said no make it what I call a family read picture books to me are family reads because everybody gets together and you have my favorite part of being an author you have the discussion between the ages and between different levels of experience and what you learn and share from that becomes more instructive than anything I could put in the binding of a book so The focus of this story, I call them Turnabout Tales. This is the first in a series from HarperCollins. And each Turnabout Tale, well, the motto for the series is challenges faced, decisions made, history turned. And all of us have Turnabout Tales, Connie. And what I loved about this story is at eight years old, Thomas Edison is enrolled in school. They called him Al at the time by his middle name. And the schoolmaster announces after about three months that Thomas Edison is an idiot. He's addle-brained and can't be taught. Can't be taught. So he's thrown out of school. He runs home in tears. Nancy Edison, his mother, who was an educator and a teacher in Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. She takes him by the hand the next day, marches him back to the schoolhouse and announces to the schoolmaster, my son has more curiosity and intelligence than you'll ever have. I'm taking him home. I'm going to educate him myself. Hey, he was homeschooled. He was homeschooled. <laughs> Why Thomas Edison and Nancy Edison are not the patron saints of homeschooling, I don't know, Connie, but they should be. Maybe they should be you're in every bringing it to school. light.
0: Ha! little pun there. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I, am, I hope to bring it
1: to light. But you know, at its heart, and there are many turnabouts in Edison's life. The other one comes from a good deed that he does, and that becomes the second big turnabout in his life. But we all have these moments, and it's important, I think. As parents to recognize the possibilities in your child even when the world dismisses them or can't see the possibility there Nancy Edison did and I love he you know when in that line when he said she allowed me to follow my bent what he meant by that was she fed him not only the great works of literature Dickens and Shakespeare and you know uh, the, the Greeks and the classics she also gave him these compendiums of electricity and steam and the nascent science and electric experimentation of the day. She was feeding his mind, and then the critical part of Nancy Edison's, I think, gift to her son and to all of us. Nancy, you and I—I I mean, Nancy—I'm calling you Nancy. Okay, Connie. I'll, I'll you, be like that. Yeah, you—you you know <laughs> why? Because you're—you're a mommy too. The microphones we're talking on now, Thomas Edison. The light we bathe under, Thomas Edison. The receiver on your phone and on your headphone now, Thomas Edison. The phonograph, the alkaline battery, the first electric car, the tattoo pen, the curling iron. I could go on forever. All inventions or refinements by Thomas Alva Edison. But none of that would have happened had it not been for a mother who not only gave him the compendiums and the knowledge, but then allowed him to tinker and play and experiment on his own. He blew up a lot. He burned a few holes in her furniture. But it was in that fitful, messy experimentation that we have, these great gifts of invention and creativity that we still warm ourselves in.
0: Well, let me just tell you, this is timely. I mean, uh, my, everything in me is going, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I mean, Raymond, I, w- I want to go to Nancy so badly because I'm a mother of five. And... I love that you bring out the fact that she taught to his bend. I mean, that's what's missing in raising our children is not not identifying the gifts and strengths and talents that they have.
1: Well, you know, as a mother, I know it from my own wife, who was also a stay at home mom and is still so attentive to our children. She was so close to them. When a parent is close to a child, You perceive things, look, my wife picked up on things I didn't see because I'm traveling, I'm running. Because of that proximity, she is so in tune with that child. You begin to see where they're headed and then you clear space for them. And that's our job as parents. And, you know, when children look at the cover of this book, uh, it's very interesting. They all ask me, who's this ghost lady here in the background? And I had them put Nancy Edison on the cover of the book so that she's there. You can't miss her. But she's kind of ghosted. She almost fades into the background because that is in some ways how she's faded into the background of Edison's life. But she's critical to this story. And if truth be told, the unexpected light of Thomas Alva Edison is not his creation. It's his mother who loved him and saw that creation first. His father thought he was a dunce. He was deaf at age 12, Connie. Oh, he was. Which people don't realize. So he was probably a very withdrawn boy, likely had ADHD, a lot of modern biographers believe. And Which would
0: kind of lend itself to the whole tinkering with stuff and trying. Absolutely. Ha- kinesthetic. kinetic
1: learning. Yes. And the ability to hyperfocus and spin multiple projects and experiments at the same time. So I tell kids all the time when they raise their hands, and they do this almost to a fault almost every class I speak to, they ask, Mr. Arroyo, did thomas edison take medicine for his adhd and i said no it was his superpower he leaned into it and learned how to adapt to it he had what no one else did he had that perception in the mind that could balance multiple things and because of the deafness he writes about this it's in the book somewhere oh in the in the author's note he said the deafness forced me to focus because i was isolated it forced me to reading And to focus deeply on problems and questions that others would abandon. Edison's great line, something we can all take, no matter who you are, no matter where you are. He said, our great weaknesses of people is giving up too soon. The genius is in sticking to it. And that really is the path of Edison's creation. It was trial by error and it all came through the gift of his mother, Nance.
0: Wow. I know we could do a whole segment just on that because again, mothers are marginalized. They're told they don't matter. Anybody can do that job, right? Oh, it's just so easy. And it's not, It's, it's, it's an invaluable job that we have to value, I think, as a society. You bet. We have to continue. And and that's what I spend time doing, is just affirming moms.
1: Well, You are
0: life changers. And if you don't point your kids in that path, like you were saying, you don't help them discover that, who will?
1: Well, and that— Who will? Look, if the family is the unit of society, and it is, it's like a cell that's healthy. The mother is the heart of that cell. She's the nucleus of that family. And without a mother's devotion and attention— we lose everything. Fathers are important too, but I'll tell you about yeah, that later. Yeah. But moms, there's a particular attachment, and I think a nurturing, particularly at a young age, that a child needs with their mother, and only a mother, and a devoted, sacrificial mother, which Nancy was. Nancy Edison, he lost her at you know he was she, she was dead by the time he was eighteen, mm-hmm. so or nineteen. And
0: think about that for a second. Eighteen years, yeah, and how the trajectory of his life, all Reshaped because she decided. All. To take him out of what he was doing and bring him home. And and it marked
1: the rest of the life. The deep reading. You know, and he was a hustler too. They were not wealthy people, the Edisons. At 12 years old, he's working the railroad. He's selling newspapers and he's selling apples. And during the six-hour layover in Detroit each day from his home in Milan, Ohio, when he gets to Detroit, he goes to the library and he reads from the bottom book on the shelf to the top. For years, feeding himself, feeding that mind, expanding his understanding. Again, the lessons of his mother. She taught him how to read deeply and quickly. And then that writing, that sketching as a child, he continued it to lose his mind. Yeah, an old let's man. talk about that. Yeah. Because
0: you, in research for this book, yeah. you went to the Edison Labs. Is yeah. that, that's right. What in it's West called? Orange, yeah. Yes, and you went there, and we were talking about this prior to us coming on the show. Talk to me and talk to our listeners about what that was like, to see his journals, to see those sketches. Well,
1: uh, you know, after spending almost a year researching and reading, you know, you read all the books, you look at all the pictures, you build it all. Then to go there and the archivist there, uh, Ranger de Graf, who's the wonderful archivist here, he's been there for like 30 years. He's written books about Edison. He pulled the most amazing artifacts for me from their archive, including... The little paper that Thomas Edison printed in the back of the the railroad, in the baggage car, he had a printing press that he salvaged and rebuilt, printed his own paper because he realized, I can turn a profit publishing my own paper, a gossip column, every day. He did that and sold it. They have copies of it and a little picture of him in his uh, news salesman outfit at the library, but so much more important at the labs. You can see the first sketch of the phonograph, the cylinder with the needle. It was the sketch that he handed to his workmen who were clockmakers and watchmakers from Bavaria and Germany. They could do what he couldn't. He could envision, he could see it, he knew how it would work, but the mechanics of it he couldn't perfect. But he had craftsmen who could. That was the sketch that instantly gave birth to the phonograph. And I tell people all the time, look at your cell phone. Everything on your cell phone is attributable to Edison, the lithium batteries, the successor to the alkaline battery, photographs, motion pictures, motion picture camera, Thomas Alva Edison, first movie studio in America. You can still see it at the Edison labs, Thomas Alva Edison. So much we take for granted, but that learning, and he said it late in life, you learn with your head and you have to learn with your hands. He was a big supporter of Maria Montessori as an elder man and thought that approach, That kinetic approach, that playing as learning was an important approach. A lot of homeschoolers, of course, incorporate that. It's a good and deep and important path of learning for a lot of kids.
0: I totally agree with you. You know, we homeschooled our children. And it actually wasn't something I set out to do. There are some people who do. I didn't. My husband just asked me if I would consider it and I said no, who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway, I have now gone on to watch the fruit of that with my own mm. children who are all grown now. And you know, seeing them because we did. I taught to their strengths. I yep. didn't, you know, oh, so you gotta see in calculus. Well do calculus again. No, you know, you're probably not going into engineering, so we're good. But you, you are going into engineering, so you got to master this. I mean, it's the beautiful thing of knowing children. So when I look at your book, I got so excited when I got to hold the copy because I saw you when it was released and I thought, oh, he's just got to come on equipped to be. It is so beautifully illustrated. And one of the comments you made is, you know, we have so many flips in a picture book, storybook format like this to tell the story of a profound inventor. Yeah. And, you know, Raymond, it's funny. When I speak, I always talk about children are born curious. And that was one of the first thing you said. They're born curious. They're born to be explorers, risk-takers, innovators. And then... As they start growing, what are we told? Sit down. Be quiet. Don't do that. You can't do that. Get you inside this it. box. And they go from an expansionist, what if, what's possible world. Mm-hmm. I love that you said, recognize the possibilities. You bet. Everything's a possibility for them. And But should as be. they go through the system that's currently in place, by the time they come out, they're negative, they're naysayers, they're reductionists. And that's opposite of what you've done here.
1: Well, Edison said something, and I think it applies to all teaching and schooling. He said when he opened the Edison Lab, and it was really in some ways a tribute to his mom, and people were interviewing him at the time, and in one of the interviews, he says, we're not creating here, we've come together, we're playing. He saw it as play, he saw creation as play. Even in the big Edison Lab, when they were cranking out light bulbs, and they had a glass factory, and they had wire factories, and he had a music room upstairs where he recorded all these artists, downstairs on the second floor of the lab, he had a private laboratory, which is like his laboratory at home. That is where he could tinker and play and do his own experiments. That went on well into old age. He kept playing. You know, in fact, he said, if you're not willing to go through all the reasons it won't work, you'll never get to the reason it will. And he saw all of those failures as roads to success. You know, I interviewed and was dear friends with Jerry Lewis the last, oh, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years of his life, and did an interview people can see on YouTube. Jerry had that spark and that play of a five-year-old until he was 90, one years old. We have to keep that child alive. That is where the genius and the spark is and the fun and the joy and where God breathes.
0: I completely agree. It reminded me of the Mary Poppins movie. Mm. You know, Mary Poppins in that film, she says, with every task that must be done, there has to be an element of fun. And I think we lose that in our busyness and hurriedness. We're on this hamster wheel. And if we just pull back a little bit, So much is learned. So listeners, I'm just telling you, you can get this book wherever books are sold. I'm sure it's going to be a smashing hit everywhere just because it's authentic and it'll inspire you. A, A simple, and that's what I love about it, a simple book with a very clear message that'll inspire you as a mom that's in the trenches doing it day in, day out, and you're tired, you're thinking, what does it really matter? This beautiful book, as you read it to your children, The Unexpected Light of Thomas Alva Edison, it will just give you the fuel, I think, for a mama to keep going, right? Yeah. And for that wiggly, squirmy child who doesn't want to sit still, or the child who's always saying, why, 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 why?
1: Well, that's Edison. Right? Yeah. And you see that here. At first, you know, my editor was like, mm, too much slapstick. I like slapstick. I like entertainment. I said, no, we need to put these episodes in. The kids will relate to that. And they have. You know, he's ripping open beehives and burning down barns. Now, we're not suggesting that you do that. And kids know that. They know, okay, this is something I don't want to do. But they still laugh at it. They find it funny. He was a rambunctious boy. And he was allowed to be that. And look, he got whipped. I don't have that in the book. I just say he got punished. But his father publicly whipped him, took him to town square and whipped him after he burned the barn down. Because he could have burned the whole town. And the father was the naysayer. The father said he's an idiot. He's a dunce only his mother saw the possibilities in him and the other great thing i love about this particular story is that father comes full circle in later years he built the first edison labs it was sam edison his father, who he contracts to build the first lab. Here he is in the, you know, in the basement doing his experiments, and the father saying he's going to burn the whole house down. <laughs> but the mother. <laughs> well, you know, with you him.
0: have to, you do have to have in a family. You have to yeah. have somebody who kind of like is fact checking and making sure there is a balance. So you know, we can't have everybody just like yes, try. That's we, right. You know, no, we no. do have to have a balance in that. But I am so grateful and honored that you came on. And oh my To talk about this book. It's so timely right my now. My honor. It is so timely. Our families are struggling. I mean, they're trying to buy eggs and put gas in their tank. And this just gives them hope. This gives them a why to keep pressing forward and saying, raising children matters.
1: Not only does it matter, it's why we're here. I say this all the time. It's why you're here. And just to come full circle, Edison was, as I told you earlier, at 12 years old, he was deaf. I saw a guy the other day who actually bought Edison's piano, and he was auctioning it off. And I saw the piano itself, and on the clapboard that covers the keys, it was pulled up, but at the end, on the far right side, there were cuts and scrapes on the edge of that clapboard. And I said, what is that? And he said, that's where Edison would bite down so he could hear the music. He would literally bite the wood of the piano so it would reverberate through his skull like a cochlear implant. That was the forward-looking genius of this man. So though he couldn't hear with his ears, he could hear the vibrations through his skull. So when he would ask musicians to come in and record for him, he would bite the edge of the piano while they played so he could hear it. I did not know that. Yeah, Edison is fast. And I know people say, oh, what about Tesla? Tesla was an employee of Edison way down the line. Uh, You know, people, oh, he stole from Tesla. No, he employed Tesla. Tesla did refinements on Edison's dynamo, which he took and paid him for but not what Tesla thought he should have been paid. So Tesla quit and went to work for George Westinghouse. He didn't steal everything from Tesla, okay? It just didn't happen. So, but you hear that often. And yes, Edison was a capitalist, a guy who patented his inventions and the inventions of others in his employ. That's the nature. Of capitalism. So there let's get everybody a break. But my story is about young Edison not approving everything he did as an elder man.
0: Exactly. But there's still a story to be told. Great and, you story. Know, life is difficult. Life is full of complications and And turnabout tales, too. I actually wrote that down. Turnabout tales. I love that. Yeah. I really love that. And recognizing the possibilities. I think that's so important, mom and dad, that you recognize the possibilities and continue to encourage that curiosity, that sense of wonder in mm, your child.
1: Yeah. And you know, I have a second book in the series coming out this fall. Okay. Which is The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln. So this you're going to come the, back
0: on, right? I'm going
1: to come back on. And this is the youngest son of Abraham Lincoln, who people know very little about, but he is integral to one of our most important national holidays. And there is a national tradition that we do every year and that would not have happened were it not. For Tad Lincoln. So I'll tell that story.
0: That's a great tease. Okay, so. Well, where Thomas
1: Edison was about a mother saving her son, uh this is about a son who saves his father in some ways. It's really a cool, beautiful, touching story and and a great history lesson.
0: You know, Raymond, I am honored. Thanks for coming on the Equip to Be program. Thanks for spending the time to dive into this story of Thomas Alva Edison and the unexpected light. Oh, man. You know, we want our children to be discoverers and inquisitive and problem solvers. And that's really has a lot to do with what you say in your day. You know, let the words of your mouth land in a tender place of your child's heart. Um, they will feed off of that for years and years and the rest of their life. They'll never get the words that you say out of their head. So be mindful of that. Thank you for tuning in to Equip to Be. Now, just remember, go over to the show notes. I'm going to have all of Raymond's information, where you can find him, where you can buy the book. But the book's pretty much everywhere, everywhere. right? Everywhere, Barnes it's like and Noble, Guardian, Amazon, one yes,
1: we go to your local bookstore and order it. But it's everywhere. Yes, so we'll,
0: we'll we'll have a links to it over at ConnieAlbers.com. Thank you for tuning in to Equip to Be. It's always our pleasure to have you tune in. We're honored that you spend your time with us. So thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Thank you, Raymond, for being thank with you, us. Connie. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.